Hey there, and welcome to the Jeff MacArthur Podcast for this Thursday, September the 17th. Coming up, we'll talk about new bubble sizes for gatherings in Toronto, fines for those who do not follow the guidelines, and the need for more COVID-19 testing. All of that coming up right now on the Jeff MacArthur Podcast. Actually, there's two big press conferences today. The Ford one, as always. And also, I'm seeing that uh, Masai Ujiri, Raptors GM, will hold his end-of-season press conference a little later on uh, this afternoon. I believe he's hitting, uh, heading into the final year, final year of his uh, contract. So that's got a lot of Raps fans nervous. Uh, Rob, I know you're a huge Raptors fan. Yes. I mean, does that make you nervous we haven't locked him up long term? Yeah, we need him. We need him to lock him up. we got to lock him up long term. <laughs> well, you know, he has done such a job. I mean, that's an understatement. Such a, a great job uh, with this team. By the way, we didn't talk about this uh, the other day. The because fact that they lost? Yeah, I noticed there was silence on that. Well, no, not the Raptors <laughs> lost, but that Kawhi lost. Yes, we didn't talk about that. And whether or not he's regretting making that decision a year ago. Over or a year ago. should we be gloating about it? Well, no, that's not professional. No. See, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that makes me uh, less of a person. I don't know. I no, should be I, the bigger person in all of this here. But when he said thanks, but no thanks to us, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of happy to see that, uh, well, Kawhi didn't go any further than we did. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's not unprofessional. It's totally human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Like, I mean, I, I wish him the best. And, uh, you know, we all did. Uh, but, I mean, there's just something there that it's uh, – you know, kind of like when your ex, you, you know, when somebody leaves you and they go on to somebody else, you kind of hope they do well. But uh, and then you see that other person, you're like, oh, that person's ugly. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm just I, I hope they do well, but not too well. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but I think that's the way a lot of Raptors fans felt about oh, to Kawhi. For sure. I, I think there was a sense of relief. Yes. When they, they didn't get through, when the Clippers uh, didn't get through the other and night. to be beaten by someone from Kitchener, Ontario. Also, Jamal mm-hmm. Murray on the Nuggets. Yes, that's a good point. We've not talked about that either because the Canadian is forging ahead in the NBA playoffs, and it was Jamal Murray and what he has done uh, with that team. Uh, He was a big part of making sure Kawhi didn't go further than the Raptors this year. So, Okay, uh, that press conference, the Ford press conference, the other big one of the day, we are expecting an announcement on bubbles or bubbling. And uh, mineral water, what? No, no, no this okay. is uh, the amount of people that we can and should be gathering with right now. In case you lost track, it's 25 in the province of Ontario. We're expecting to hear from the premier in a matter of minutes that that's going to be reduced to 10. That it should only be 10. But here is my question on this, and square this circle for me if you can. Why is it, and this is where I think people get so confused about this, when I'm at home, I can only gather with nine other people. Yet I can send my kids into a school with 200 others. I mean, I don't know, Mary, does that make sense? No, not at all. And that's such a bigger bubble. I mean, that's that's not 10. Multiply that, kids, you know, do the new math, carry the one, and that's a lot more. <laughs> that's a lot more bubbles bumping into each other and maybe saying at recess, do I have to really wear my mask? I'm eating my lunch, you know, and all the things that could happen as kids are just going to be kids going back to school, right? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about numbers off the top of the show, and uh, 25 down to 10, but your kids are going into a school of 200 or more. Things don't add up, if I was to use that uh, math scenario, if you will, to its uh, fullest uh, degree or extent. 
Because, yeah, it just, I think a lot of people have got, why on one hand can I do this, but on the other hand, we got this going on. I mean, if really the goal is to keep that number down, to once again flatten or plank the curve, and if you haven't heard, we're up around 300 again today in the uh, province. If that's the goal, why does 10 make sense? Why are we dropping from 25 to 10 yet again back to school continues? And I think what happens when these numbers change, so if we're looking at gathering limits to 10 people indoors and 20 people outdoors for private gatherings, that's Toronto, Peel Region, and Ottawa, when we start to change these things, you know, do people say, oh, that doesn't really apply to me, or, oh, I can't do that, so I'm not going to observe it. And then, you know, I hate to use the phrase, but throw the baby out with the bathwater. And they go, nah, I'm not going to do any of it. I'm, you know, I'm going to really keep my guard down from what I had over the summer. And that might be part of the reason why we're seeing some of the numbers come up, because people have been so lax. People have taken down their guard. And, you know, you, you add that uh, to what we've been calling other elements of a perfect storm, back to school, back to university, kids mingling with other kids in university that, you know, maybe never had the opportunity to do t- with before. I mean, well, here's no the thing. I think things have got to, again, add up. They have to make sense for people to get their buy in for people to buy in. Things have got to make sense. And if I can only gather with 10 people. On the other hand, why am I going off to work and maybe my office building has got 50, 60, I don't know, 100 people and uh, my children are at school with uh, 200 and then the bubble goes down to 10. Again, that is just really hard for people to wrap their heads around why that makes logical sense. And when it doesn't, that's when I think you don't get a complete and total buy-in. Also, we're hearing, and I don't know whether or not we're getting this announcement uh, later here this, uh, in the next couple of minutes, Uh, But uh, Premier Ford uh, yesterday, or at least uh, Premier Ford's office, was saying that fines are coming and they Mm. are going to be the heaviest, the biggest in the entire country. If you're found, you know, contravening that bubble that uh, you've got 11 people over instead of 10, you could get hammered with, uh, I think they're talking fines like in the thousands of dollars. Well, where will those fines be levied? You know, I'm looking at pictures on, on news and there's people gathering at bars, people gathering on patios, no masks or little masks uh, within, you know, more than, you know, 50 people gathering. So, you know, is this, we can look back to where the fines came out the first round, right? Um, how did that go? Did that get the message across? And I think that they're going back over the same ground saying, we got to do this again. And if people won't do it willingly and voluntarily, boom, they're, you know, they're going to drop the hammer and there's going to be all sorts of fines because the numbers are going up. Yeah. Well, they say, you know, the best way to modify people's behavior is through their wallets, right? Mm -hmm. Is to hit them and hit them in the pocketbook. But having said that, we're also looking uh, at this virus, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, disproportionately affecting uh, those that are in disadvantaged uh, groups, the socioeconomic uh, groups. And is it right to to hammer them with these uh, heavy duty fines, uh, particularly when, you know, maybe they are living in shared accommodations and uh, shared housing that might, I don't know, be over 10. Or they lost their job or the CERB is run out or they can't get a job because of the way things are going in the economy or they're working two jobs and trying to, you know, keep their families afloat or whatever scenario it is. And then they get, to your point, a huge fine. Where do they find the money for that when they're just trying to keep their head above water or small businesses? You know, they're in a similar situation. They're starting to reopen, right? Starting to get more business, trying to find strategies. Boom. 
you know, and they get a big fine, where does that put them? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And we are hearing uh, word has uh, leaked that apparently this will not, this uh, gathering, uh, this new law of 10, this bubble, will not apply to business, to, to small business. So I guess if you're indoors and you're shopping somewhere, it's masks and proper physical uh, distancing. But I don't know if they're willing to even, even go into stores and start leveling, uh, leveling fines I don't know, shop owners or, or customers, if they're found closer than six feet, uh, two meters uh, apart. I don't know. Uh, by the way, uh, we we're just talking about these two press conferences going on this afternoon, the Doug Ford one, which we're awaiting in Masai Ujiri, the general manager of the Raptors. Both are going on at the same time, Mary. Is that right? Like Ujiri's well, talking now? Monitoring our news source and mm. uh, Masai Ujiri was speaking a virtual press conference and i noticed it while we had just uh, started our show so i didn't get the uh, the content of what he was talking about but in fact he was live um at one o'clock Here, here's what i want to know who's getting more hits right <laughs> let's find out who's getting more streams getting more views is it you during the raptors or is it ford and the ontario uh, government where do i place my bet i know who my money's on <laughs> all right some uh, big news this afternoon on this uh, thursday three regions in the province including us here in toronto with restrictions further restrictions coming on public events starting tomorrow limited to 25 25 people outdoors 10 indoors however Movies, restaurants, banquet halls, and gyms, none of that applies to. And uh, first of all, a couple of notable quotes from the Premier. Uh, people that are throwing up uh, parties and gatherings of more than 25, he described as a, a few fries short of a happy meal. And then we're going to hit them with a $10,000 fine because we've got to, quote, fix their little red wagon. And then he was also uh, asked about uh, what's the difference between going to a party at a banquet hall and going to a party at somebody's house. And I think that this is kind of really interesting, and this is where people are going to start to once again go, Does all of this make sense? Does it uh, add up? Because the Premier is saying there's a difference between going to a banquet hall where there's protocols and there's people uh, taking you know, temperatures, that sort of thing, and people at a house going hog wild swinging off the trees. Come on, stop swinging off the trees, people. <laughs> stop with that That's hog wild. That's what spread the COVID. Yeah, that the hog, hog wildness. The hog wildness is it's just out of control. <laughs> those, those hogs, them their hogs have got to be contained, controlled. But, you know, Mary, here's the thing. Like, again, you know, they were saying with the schools as well, there's self-assessment tools and there's uh, cohorts that, uh, you know, it's basically the same people uh, gathering in a classroom uh, each and every day. But... You know, I think some people are going to take a little issue with that, saying, well, that's the same thing in my house. Uh, I mean, we're a cohort, we're a bubble, uh, we know everybody, we gather regularly. And I think a lot of people are also going to wonder, particularly when we've seen outbreaks at banquet halls, why they're exempt and you can't get together with your friends and family at home. Right. I mean, I get it that, you know, businesses need to open. I mean, when they were closed for so long, so many businesses were hanging on by a thread. I get that. And, and you know, God bless them. They need to get back into business. But we cannot let this spread keep going up. We're seeing the numbers rise. And how is it possible that some things, you know, you can still go see a movie. You could still go to that, you know, banquet hall. You could still do that, uh, that event that follows in the guidelines. But but don't have 11 people, you know, don't uh, don't expand out of your bubble. And I think that, you know, that's the thing that people are going to have a hard time with. And 
what happened before is that they just say, okay, well, we can't do this. Let, let's crack down on some of the things that we can control and let's try and let people, you know, manage themselves and, and be responsible and, and, and be able to continue on with some of the things, you know, that we've been doing because for months we were doing a good job, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, one of the things I've been doing regularly is swinging off trees. And apparently I have to stop that now. I haven't been doing the hog wild as much, but I'm going to have to temper my swinging in trees. I'm more of a chandelier I kind have of guy. To, I have to tell you guys, in all honesty, uh, I've been going a little hog wild every weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Okay, as always, there is so much COVID-related information to go over and make sense of. So let's welcome in Dr. Samantha Hill, president of the Ontario Medical Association, joins us here on Global News Radio. Dr. Hill, nice to have you back on the program. Thanks for having me back. It's been crazy days, eh? Oh, tell us about it. Okay, let's start with the bubbles. Uh, There's been a lot of talk today about uh, bubbles in the last couple of days. I mean, here we go again. And we're starting to hear uh, phrases, doctor, like your pick six, pick your six besties, uh, if you will. (laughs) Just how critical is bubbling over the next few months? So that's crazy. I haven't heard those terms, and obviously you heard me laugh. But yeah. <laughs> the business of picking your bubble cannot be overestimated because you can't just switch it around. You're stuck with those people for the foreseeable future. And we need to really stress the difference between bubbles versus social gathering again. And I think that's something people are still struggling with. Your bubble is your 10 people. Those are the people who generally live in your house. It's the people you have the closest interactions with and it's the people that you're not going to wear a mask or wash your hands ridiculously often around those are the people who it's the same as if they live with you they are your bubble these are the people who are your inner circle everyone else is not in your bubble and it's just that simple so whether you're going to a birthday party or you're going to a wedding or you're going to a funeral or you're going to a press event If someone's not in your bubble, the same rules apply. We're trying to use social gatherings. We're trying to keep a distance of two meters. We are trying to use our masks and our hand washing. And so it's really, really important to stress that you pick your 10 people and you stick with them. Okay. Is that the perfect number in your estimation? The right number is a 10 when it comes to your bubble? Look, I take my guidance from public health on that. I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect number. You're not going to convince me that 9 versus 11 was a huge difference. But it's important that there be a number because that number tells us about spread rates when there is prevalence in community and when there's community spread. And so if public health has decided on 10, I will support that entirely. All right, let's move on to testing because that's also been a big headline this week. We've seen massive lineups, uh, wait times, long, long wait times. Can we do better, doctor? And if so, how? Not only can we do better, but we have to do better, right? I mean, it's simply unacceptable for the lineups to be hours and hours long because people who are truly, truly sick aren't going to be able to stand that long. And lots of people are going to be dissuaded from going for tests by those lines. Remember that we're all getting tested essentially out of our sense of social ethics and morality in an attempt to make sure that we don't get other people sick. And so we have to make that easier for the general population. People have jobs they need to do. They have other things that they need to do. And so we must make it easier. We must make it faster. How do we do that? That's a much harder question. Obviously, the current capacity for testing is less than the current demand for testing. So either we need to look at our recommendations for who gets tested, or we need to increase capacity somehow. What about rapid testing? That was approved stateside months ago. Would you be in favor of that? 
So if we had rapid testing that was appropriately validated and worked, I would totally be in approval of that. I don't think we have it yet. I know it's been approved in the States, but I will politely say that we've chosen to do a lot of things differently than the States have, and I support Canada's choices for the most part on those. So... Um, when the test is available and it is validated and it is both sensitive and specific, which are technical terms, then it will be up to Health Canada and our other stakeholders and partners to make sure it gets expedited as fast as possible. Joined in the line by Dr. Samantha Hill, head of the Ontario Medical Association, going over some of the more relevant COVID headlines. Uh, yesterday, doctor, we heard from the Ontario government that they were releasing a new website. Basically, it was a uh, COVID Diagnostica website that people could go on and diagnose whether or not maybe they had uh, COVID. Uh, Can COVID, can that truly be self-diagnosed? And is there a danger in people doing that, do you think? So I don't think it's a self-diagnostic test. I think it's a screening test. And when you consider it as a screening test, I don't think there's a lot of danger associated with it. The one danger that you always flag when you try and get people to self-screen before they seek medical care is there will always be that small proportion of people who downplay their own symptoms even to themselves. And I would not want someone who was sick and needed emergent care or intubation to stay at home because they didn't feel that they passed that screening test adequately. Uh, But for the most part, self-screening is essential. And we all do it every day in our lives, right? You know, you wake up in the morning and you have a headache. You think to yourself... Is this just a headache that's going to go away in the next hour or two? Does right. it feel like everything I've had? Or is this the worst headache of my life and I have to head to the hospital? So we can trust people to self-screen. We just have to provide them with appropriate tools, resources, and information. What is the difference between self-screening and self-diagnosing? So, so you cannot di- diagnose COVID without a COVID um, assessment center swab. It's just that simple. Whether you're a doctor, a nurse, or General Joe Smith out in the public, you just can't do it. The diagnosis requires the viral assay be done. And so nobody can self-diagnose. There's very few things you can actually self-diagnose at all. Okay, meantime, the province just under 300 today, 293 COVID cases. Do you expect those numbers to go up, particularly when back to school starts to figure into those numbers? So I expect to see those numbers continue to go up over the next month, and I think it'll be a combination of a variety of factors. Back to school is certainly one of them. We'll see more spread amongst kids, despite teachers and school boards doing their absolute best. Everyone is. But we're also going to see more and more of these gatherings and these social encounters move indoors. And we've seen that a lot of the outbreaks have been associated with things like bars and social gatherings. And so as weather forces us indoors, we're going to see that come up again. And we've known this since before the mid-March break that lasted for months. This is something we've been saying the entire time, which is that there will be a second wave. This may be the beginning of it. It certainly looks like it. Um, And that we're going to have to take all of the appropriate precautions moving forward to maintain our healthcare structure and to maintain our population's health. Okay, around 300 for most of this week. A couple weeks from now, 500? Does that seem reasonable? You know, I, I hate to play the numbers game, so I'm not going to do it on radio with people listening. It's, it'll entirely depend on what people do and how careful they are. If we have a lot of gatherings without masks, it could be up in the thousands. Exponential risk does that. But if people batten down their hatches again, if they think back to what March was like and decide they don't want to be there and they do all of those things that we've been telling people to do, and they've been doing so well for months now. Wear a mask, keep a physical distance of two meters, wash your hands, 
maintain that very limited social circle, then hopefully the numbers won't be that high. All right. Dr. Samantha Hill, Dr. Hill, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day and stay safe. And this has been the Jeff MacArthur Podcast for Thursday, September 17th. Just a reminder, you can listen live weekdays from 1 till 3 Eastern at 640toronto.com. Search my name, Jeff MacArthur, on Spotify, or of course, download us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.